This episode of Bright Hearth is brought to you by Garlands of Grace and our supporters at Patreon.com. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Proverbs 27.6 Welcome back to Bright Hearth, everybody. It is good to be here with you in the year of our Lord, 2023. Lexi, how are you doing this afternoon? Good. I feel disoriented now because this is coming out in 2023, yeah. but it's still 2022. Still 2022. <laughs> yes. And this isn't even our first episode in 2023 for our listeners. Oh, weird. Mm, they've already listened to the, uh, the the really different episode with Pastor, uh, well, with, with Eric, who's about to be ordained, and then <laughs> our deacon, Ben Garrett. Archdeacon. Oh, the archdeacon, <laughs> as he puts it. And uh, you haven't actually listened to that episode yet because no. it's not out yet. And as you can hear, I'm still right at the tail end of getting over a cold. Uh, that dark week was partially because of getting sick. So It has lasted all of December. <clears throat> yes. Oh, December man. December can go away now. <laughs> <laughs> but, all of it for many reasons. Yes. But all of our friends and listeners here understand, right? You, a lot right. of you have lots of kids. You understand that when one person gets sick in a house, it's like a, well, here we go. See you in six weeks yeah. at church. And we had a lot of other weird trials pop up. In December, they're yeah. still not solved. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it was so, a very strange month for us. We're ready for New Year. New yes, me. we are. I'm just kidding. Not New nope. Me. <laughs> just <laughs> hey. New. Hey, okay. Never mind. We're gonna <laughs> talk later about resolutions. Oh, we should. We should that's do an episode one. on resolutions. Hey, that's a great in idea, family. Okay, I'll, we'll write that down. This episode, and and you probably were clued in there from Proverbs 27, and the title. Now that I think about it, is about being wounded by people who love you, specifically. Um, we wanted to follow up the episode last week with Eric and Ben, where we talked about uh, the husband and his role in giving his wife permission to correct him, bring feedback, criticism to him. We get that question all the time. And so today, what we wanted to do is follow up with an episode on how a husband can, or maybe should, should he, and if so, how, correct his wife. You may hear the sound of freedom, F-35s. We're recording at a little bit of a different time here. This is like I'm home post-Christmas for a few days, and so we're trying a nap time recording right now, which would be so good because we're at our peak at 2 p.m. Who's not at their peak of <laughs> the true, mental energy? So Freshly caffeinated. Yes. We're going to be talking in this episode about whether or not a husband ought to be correcting his wife, if so, when, how, what kind of pitfalls he might fall into, and best practices there. So first, first question... Lexi, even just to this question of should a husband be correcting his wife, I know that's obviously a very controversial statement in the world of modern Western feminism. So what are your thoughts as a you know, well-known wife? Well-known <laughs> wife? Just kidding. <laughs> um, yes, he definitely should be. If she needs correcting... <laughs> <laughs> he definitely shouldn't nag her, but if if she needs genuine correction, then yes, he is one of the only people who can see intimately into her life to know that there's genuine instruction needed there. Yeah. Repentance and instruction. So absolutely he should. Yes. And when you what kind of biblical warrant do you think you would go to if you were talking to a young lady who's coming to you and saying my husband, man, he just came up to me and he was like, hey, I think you're doing this and you need to stop doing that. And, you know, um, I would is go he to, allowed to do that? What I kind would of go to the verse about the husband washing the wife with the word. That's good. And I think that would probably be 
because really, obviously the admonition to not be a nag is to the woman because the woman has a proclivity to do that. But I think also what's most helpful when a man is, when a man is correcting his wife is what is the scriptural category he's coming to her with concern about. Mm, that's very So good. I don't, I think it can become unfair when it's like, Hey, you don't weigh, you know, 40 less pounds than you could. And I want you to, you need to go to the gym. You need to go like, that's totally different than you have a hot temper. Let's talk about it. Mm, so, <laughs> so you're, does you're, that make sense? Yeah. You're saying that, the most direct path for a wife to be able to understand and hang her hat on the scriptures and mm-hmm. say, yep, my husband is within his role and authority is he's bringing a concern with a Bible verse attached to it. Yeah. And there's two reasons I would say this one would be because that way, if he's sinning too, in some way, it doesn't negate the truth of the scripture that she yeah. needs to be pursuing that. And then two, it also keeps him accountable to not being a domineering husband when mm-hmm. it comes to this stuff. Yeah. So I would also go to the several passages that instruct a wife to submit to her husband, which would imply that he is, and that he's the head. There's real authority there. Mm-hmm. And there's no such thing as authority in an office of authority that doesn't come with both a duty and the given authority to correct yeah. people who are in your charge. It would be like, you know, if parents are in uh, in authority over their children, but they're not allowed to correct their children. It just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, no. It's not this, I'm not saying it's the same relationship. Obviously, no. a wife and a husband relate to each other differently than children to their parents. But a husband is expected to be in a position where he has wisdom and where God has fitted him because of the role that God has commanded him to stand in as the head of the home, that God has fitted him to properly lead his house. And that's going to require sometimes the husband uh, correcting his wife, saying, hey, here's a discipline practice that I've noticed with the kids that you need to rethink. Um, here's a, a, a habit that I think you need to do differently. Yeah. Here's you know a handling of a situation or stress or you know, sometimes even here's a way that you've been talking to me or uh, relating to me. And, and from my perspective, it seems like yeah. this is the sin that's happening. Yeah. And then um, he, she, she can offer a, oh, either I disagree, I didn't know, or yes, you're right. So agreed that a husband does have a peculiar authority in his home. It's a, it's a kind of authority that is not the same as his wife's authority. Mm -hmm. And part of that does entail that he has the duty in some cases and even the the right Mm -hmm. to say to his wife, you need correction here. Mm -hmm. Why is that so controversial? Because ladies don't want to be told what to do. (laughs) We're proud. Um, Yeah, I think you talk about this a lot, that scripture speaks to weaknesses And I think part of the reason women need to be told to submit to their husbands is because they don't want to, especially like it's already hard, no matter who it is that's coming to you with a concern for sin, like calling you to repentance, it's hard. But I do think there is something uniquely spiritual going on there between a husband and a wife. Yeah, in the same way that a husband is commanded to nourish and cherish his wife and love his wife, and those are particular commands to the husband that are not given identically to the wife. One of the reasons that Paul and Peter and other authors of Scripture do this kind of thing is that they're teaching 
not that a wife isn't to love her husband, but yeah. that a husband will be particularly tempted to not love his wife or I cherish her and too, nourish her. We're in a unique cultural moment where everything is blamed on the patriarchy and I still haven't found evidence that one thing is the patriarchy's fault. Mm. <laughs> um, so that being the case, like you can see why men are so distrusted. So why would you, and sometimes rightfully so. Oh, absolutely. But of course. Not, not because those men that are not trustworthy were acting like godly patriarchs because they weren't. That's the problem. But because there is a general distrust of men, then you could see why a man trying to advise a woman would be looked down upon or called, I don't even know, like abusive or yeah, yeah, all of those, those things. So when, when actually often a husband is being abusive, if he refuses to ever correct his wife, like the end of this verse yeah. says at our opener, Proverbs 27, six profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Mm. Um, there's so, I mean, I can think of one husband in particular that has just let his wife run off with just really bad sinful habits. Not nothing like, She's not committing adultery, but other little sins that he has not corrected over time that have just given his family a horrible reputation. And part of that, I'm sure, is because, you know, there's mutual submission involved and mm -hmm. all the gross egalitarian things. Yeah. Someone's playing basketball upstairs now <laughs> during quiet time. During quiet rest time. Well, you know what? Sometimes basketball happens during quiet rest time. Hmm. Okay. Well... <laughs> One other angle that you might be able to see the necessity of gentle, loving correction of your wife is to think of the strategies that a husband might be tempted to deploy if he doesn't do this. Things like the profuse or the kisses of an enemy, like where he might be tempted to simply pacify her or to like suck up to her or to turn the marriage into a bartering economy. Happy where, wife, happy life. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. like something she's doing. And so instead of just respectfully treating her like an adult. He treats her like a, like a, a child, that a, a spoiled child that he's going to manage by giving candy to. And inst instead of that, it's like, what, <laughs> what will that create? What kind of home would that create? Yeah, well, it's like a spoiled toddler. Yeah, it makes your wife, you're not actually treating her like an adult. An well, adult, you'd be able to take her aside gently and say, hey, you're not allowed to just be rude to everybody when you no. have a bad day. Like you're, not, you're literally just not allowed to do that. You need to repent of that and you need to go apologize to the children. And sometimes that is what courageous love looks like in a marriage. Another strategy that a husband might be tempted to deploy that is equally unhelpful on the other side of the, this, the, 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 other, the ditch on the other side of the road. So there's that passivity where he's like spoiling and he's just ignoring or pacifying. Well, a husband can also just blow up and be super rude and, and start sinning back and saying, you're giving me the cold shoulder? I'll give you the cold shoulder. Yeah, That's not correction. That type of harshness reminds me of a parent. I've had many conversations where the parents are like, nope, spanking is unkind. And I'm like, mm. well, did you blow up and scream at them? Instead? It would have been a lot nicer if you had just stopped and calmly spanked them. Was that really kind? <laughs> Was Again, that nice? wives and... Husbands have a different relationship than mm -hmm. parents and children, but yeah. it is the same sort of thing. Like you need to be getting to a place where you are still self-controlled in the correction or yeah. it doesn't, it's not, it's not helpful. Your anger Absolutely. is disqualifying you from correcting. Well, it's like we've said this before, but you will be tempted always to reach for the tools of the flesh to yeah. respond to somebody else's flesh. 
And that never works. If your wife is being, let's say she's being rude or naggy, and you start responding by being rude. It's like, does rudeness cast out rudeness? No, it, it actually amplifies it. It makes it worse. So a husband who won't correct his wife lovingly, gently, is actually hating her. He's being the enemy with profuse kisses or profuse anger and blow-ups who refuses to, you know, quote-unquote wound his wife and say something hard that she needs to hear. We talked about the last episode, Eric and I and, and uh, Ben, <clears throat> about the pain when uh, you receive critical feedback from someone you really love and you really respect. Like when your wife gives you, you said, honey, you're allowed to bring me helpful correction. You're my help meet. Please help me. And if there's something that needs to change in me, please tell me. And it hurts when they take you up on that, no matter how respectfully they do it. So it hurts, ladies, when your husband, no matter how lovingly he does this, it's going to hurt. But the pain of him not doing that, mm-hmm. the pain of your sin continuing, and you rejecting the, the, the most strong help in your life, humanly speaking, which is going to be your husband, in knowing you and helping you and helping you grow in Christ, <laughs> he's going to know you better than your pastor, better than your parents. Uh, I mean, there comes a point when you've actually been with your wife longer than her parents even well, especially yeah, as an adult. So it's too. like, you know, if you won't do that, if you won't receive that wounding, then what you're actually asking for is the far worse self-inflicted gangrenous wound of unconfessed, unrepentant sin. And I think too, obviously there's a time for women to speak into other women's lives and correct them. Yeah. But like... That shouldn't be, if a husband is doing his job, that should be happening, happening very minimally. If your wife is never hearing from you, but always hearing from the women in the church, that's probably not a good thing. Like a good reflection on your (laughs) uh, status report as a husband. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's like if a farmer, if his neighbors were always bringing his sheep back to him. Yeah. 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 And he's like, bro, fix your fences. Yeah. Like you, you need to do like, yeah, it's a good neighbor who will do that. I think sometimes, obviously, like I can think of interactions where I've had to, um, I wouldn't even say correct, but like clarify with other women what's going on. And it's done. And I've wondered like, why hasn't your husband dealt with this? But then I've also realized husbands don't see all interactions, social interactions oh, with right. women. Yeah. So that's one thing. But I, I just, I do think it's important for like husbands if if their wife really is stuck in an emotional issue specifically and it's affecting certain things, mm-hmm. he needs to take care of that or other people will notice it and they yeah. will say something. Yeah, and that, this is part of even the elder qualification with First Timothy 3, 4, and 5 oh, yeah. that a man who doesn't manage his household well, he can't be an elder because how can he manage the household of God? If his so wife is on the loose. <laughs> this, is, this is why it's such a shame that you have lots of, there's like a stereotype of the monster pastor's wife yeah, she's who's a controlling big, fat and manipulative <laughs> and rude. And, and it's like, well, why hasn't he dealt with that? How, how yeah. can he possibly handle the sins and holiness of a whole church if he can't even handle the sin and holiness of this one woman that he's like yeah. supposedly the head of? So it's, it's a, if that's true, how much more? You know, if it's true for, a, for the flock, how much more for a wife in your small flock at home? And uh, I think that some of the things that keep husbands from doing this, let's talk about that. What Some of the things that keep a husband from doing this, I think simple fear 
is one of them. Like he's just being cowardly. But what else? Why? Why might a husband not actually like follow through and go say, "Yep, this is a pattern. I know it's biblical. I know I have a verse." I could see a husband who has like long sin struggles himself easily feeling disqualified too, maybe. And that's why I think if you go back to standing on scripture, that's what's most motivating to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're not resting the moral authority for correcting your wife on you being perfect. No, you're actually resting it on like a good leader. Yeah. A pastor shouldn't just be correcting this, the flock on on things he thinks he's mastered. Yeah, he's no, always no. preaching to himself too. No. Like he's always saying, yeah. "Thus saith the Lord." Now let's together obey the Lord, mm-hmm. right? So uh, that's definitely one of them. I do think one of the reasons why a husband might shrink back from doing this is because the last time he did it, his wife blew up yes, and I took was it sinfully. Thinking about that too, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and this is um, <laughs> this is true in both directions. But ladies, if you're if you don't pause when your husband says, hey, I think you need to think about this. Mm-hmm. If you don't pause and think it through and say, is this true of me? Do I really need to hear this? Let me evaluate myself and my actions yeah. and my heart. And instead, you just start going, yeah, well, do you remember what you did yesterday? Or, well, no, 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 no. You're just reading the situation wrong. I'm, I didn't actually do that. I, you know, you... You misunderstood. If she just gets mad or if she just says, oh, okay, I guess uh, I, I'm just not good enough for you then and storms out. or if she's- Yeah, you can pretty much, again, you can pretty much know that if you are not able to communicate in a self-controlled way, you're flying off the handle and you're in sin already again. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes there is such thing as, you know, a wife who, like one way to evaluate this, ladies, is to say, when is the last time you gave an unqualified confession and apology? Yeah, that's without, true. It was your fault without following up with something he did. When was the last time your husband told you to do something or to, uh, disagreed with you and you, instead of arguing, you just said, yes, my Lord. Yeah, because that's the thing too is whether or not your husband's evaluation is correct, one, it's not going to help if you start fighting about it right then. And two, why can't you just be quiet and like take it to the Lord for a day or two. Yeah. Well, and then revisit it later again under self-controlled circumstances. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong. Like you literally are just trying to defend yourself at that point. And it's kind of like, well, there's pride. <laughs> yeah. Self-defense, defensiveness, where if you really disagree, if you've done that and you really disagree and you think, I don't think that I'm actually sinning the way my husband is saying. There's also a principle, this is really hard sometimes, of why not rather just be wronged. Yeah. This episode of Bright Hearth is sponsored by Garlands of Grace, which is a wonderful Christian company that offers a variety of very versatile head coverings, head wraps, and headbands for sale for women and girls. They're very versatile, uh, you know, whether you're head covering for First Corinthians 11 reasons, or just looking for a pretty and feminine head covering, they've got you covered. Babe, why do we like Garlands of Grace? I really liked Garlands of Grace because when I was first trying to um, recover this call to head cover, I didn't necessarily want something that was super trendy and that everyone else was doing. Um, and I found their pieces really feminine and timeless in a way that uh, just a lot of other coverings that you could pick up at Target or on Amazon 
just weren't. And they are very quality. And if you are a mom trying to cover in a pew with wiggly children, you know how hard it is to actually keep a head covering on. Yes. And I really like their volumizer brand, uh, bands that are velvet and they stick to your head and I have had no issues with them. So yeah, I really like them. And they're a sister-owned company. Yeah, Christian-owned, sister-owned, and they're all made in the USA. So a great company to support. We would uh, commend you, husbands, if you're listening. Go check this out as a thoughtful gift for your wife, your daughters. They have head wraps for uh, ladies as well as little girls. And they've got a whole lot of different styles, a lot of different beautiful colors, and a really great quality company. So we're glad to have them as a sponsor for this episode of Bright Hearth. And uh, you can support us by supporting them. So head over to garlandsofgrace.com. You can use the link in the description of this episode, and we hope that you'll give them your support. Let's say your husband said, I think that you've been you know, like you've been giving me the cold shoulder the last week and it's really, I'm frustrated with it. And, you know, and, and you evaluate and you take, you say, let me think about that. And you think, no, I really wasn't. I was sick. I was having a hard week. There was a lot of duties before me. I was just distracted. I wasn't sinfully trying to give my husband the cold shoulder. It was just that kind of week. At the end of the day, what is it going to hurt if you just say, I'm I'm sorry that I came across that way. I love you. I'm for you. Yeah. Let's do better next week. Yeah, there's... It, it's What is it going to hurt other than your pride? And you might feel, well, I'm just being a doormat. I'm lying. And it's like, no, you're not lying to say, I'm sorry that you felt that way. And if there's anything I did to cause it, I'm sorry. And we'll try to do better next week. You're not lying. You're not lying. But you ha- you're being humble enough to admit that maybe your husband is actually right and maybe you just don't see it. Maybe there really was. Or or even if he's misreading it, it's not going to hurt to say, you know what, this this week I'm going to try to be more warm. I'm going to try to focus and correct that. Obviously, you felt that way. Maybe you can explain to him, it was a hard week. I wasn't really trying to, to be rude to you. Yeah, and any normal husband. Yeah, would... reasonable husband. <laughs> and I know there are yeah, unreasonable reasonable. husbands. Trust me. I've you know, Trust me. Like, trust me, there are unreasonable wives, unreasonable husbands. They're usually married to each other. And they usually make each other less and less reasonable over time. And the only way to disrupt that cycle of unreasonableness and sin and flesh yeah. is like humility. to repent in humility. Of humility yeah. Like when Paul is talking about lawsuits before with believers, he says, don't sue a believer and take it to court before an unbelieving judge. It would be better for you to be wronged than to bring dishonor to Christ's name. Sometimes the principle is, it's okay to think, I don't think that this person is 100% evaluating the situation correctly, but what I can do is I can say the Lord will protect, the Lord will bring ultimate justice, God did not try to give me what was fair in the gospel, he was merciful, he poured out grace upon grace in my life, and so I can... Yeah. Quote unquote, be wronged sometimes and feel like I'm being put out and not reach for the tools of the flesh and not sin. I think it's either Misty or maybe it was Pastor Wilson who said, like, the gospel is one of the biggest, would it be disparities when dealing with our sin? Like, Mm -hmm. it should cause us in some ways to have a levity towards our sin Mm -hmm. that we can laugh at it and just kind of be like, okay, whatever. Because what God gives us in the gospel is so much more than Mm -hmm. we deserve. And so I think sometimes because of that, 
when it comes to like me wanting to worry about defending my uh, reputation to other people or yeah, even to your husband. Yeah. To your husband, I can kind of be like, it really doesn't matter because of everything that I have in Christ. Yeah, the Lord knows yeah. all of my sin. He knows way worse stuff than this person thinks yeah. is true of yeah, me. Exactly. Even if this specific <laughs> thing is not 100% true, maybe there's misunderstanding in there. It's like, look, look, the Lord knows all of my sin. He loves me nonetheless. Yeah, I can love my husband even through slight disagreement yeah. about the assessment of the situation. So when a husband is bringing correction to his wife, Let's talk about some simple principles of how he can be that reasonable man instead of an unreasonable man. So, Lexi, as a wife, well-known wife, Lexi Savay. How? <laughs> Please stop referring to me as that. I know. I'm sorry. Great. <laughs> you can hear we're in a very echoey. We're recording in our living room because there's a two-year-old or three-year-old napping in our room right now. And so, apologies if it's echoey, but... Anyway, well-known wife, Lexi. I'm just kidding. I All right, I will stop. <laughs> what, what are some principles that are helpful that a husband can know when he's coming to bring a concern or a correction to his wife? Okay. I would probably say if, if you are a husband who is tempted towards being harsh and out of control with this, I would say you need to get your main points written down Mm -hmm. because if you can't solidify your concerns enough to get them written down, it's most likely not going to be helpful and your emotions are going to get in the way. Mm. So at least that's how I've handled things where it's like, I, I don't think I'm like a yeller and a screamer. Am I a yeller and a screamer? No. Okay. No. Maybe when it comes to birth, that's the only one. But um, <laughs> You have a good excuse. There. But like when there are, I have had many times in my life where I'm having to do like highly emotional confrontation, either like I'm initiating it or somebody else initiated it. I'm responding. Yeah. And that for me, my temptation is actually to not be able to communicate in the moment and instead just cry. So yeah. I've really had to learn like, no, these are the three sticking points that I need to address and then you can get through it quickly. Yeah. And then cry if you want. <laughs> Hopefully so not. First but, principle for a husband is be specific and yes. prepared. Be specific and prepared, especially if you are prone to flying off the handle. Yes. And, and this helps a husband evaluate as he's doing this whether or not he even needs to bring Correct. it up. Correct. Sometimes he'll go, you know what? I don't need to bring that up. I actually don't even need to bring this up. Yeah. I just need to cover this offense, whatever, yep. or I'm wrong totally. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great advice. What what else? Husband bringing correction. What what are some helpful principles? I already said what about like letting the word be the boundaries for you. Or good and necessary consequence from scripture. Yeah, I yep. think one of the more helpful things for me where when there's, I don't even remember, there was something recently where I told you, I'm like, I just feel like this is a bad habit. And because I know it's a habit, like I'm confessing to you right now, it's a habit. I don't know what the alternative is. And so I think sometimes not in every case, but if you know your wife well enough or if she tells you in the moment, I have no idea like what respect looks like maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have like two or three practical positive examples you can say instead of this way, I would like to see you Mm. pursuing this. Like this afternoon when I got home from work, I saw that the kids were being disrespectful and naughty. And then instead of going through what we agreed upon as our Mm -hmm. discipline process, 
you were arguing with him and being sarcastic back. And yes. you, you, you're, you're not to do that. This is why. Yeah. You because know. sometimes I'm just speaking as a wife here. Mm-hmm. If so, that's a, that could be a very real example in sure. our home. Yeah. It's not usually that I don't want to. A lot of the times it's like, I am overwhelmed by the amount of work that's going on. And I need a reminder that this is actually the most important thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like giving permission. Correct. Like you can look, let dinner be late. Correct. Let the laundry not get correct. folded. The most important thing is this. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, so that can be helpful because I think, I think when a husband, a, obviously a wife has like, there's times when a wife is just sinning because she's a sinner, but there's other yeah. times too, that it's like the husband, maybe this is a principle to consider is like, what are her weaknesses yeah. in this circumstance? What <laughs> there are, Every single day of the month is a different biodynamic, mm-hmm. yeah. hormonal change, energy change. Different um, times of life. Yeah, lots of different things. Yeah. So not you're not taking that into consideration and then saying, well, I don't need to correct her because, man, she's just a little PMSy today. <laughs> but also consider, like, this could be something that's affecting her. Let me find out how to help her succeed in having victory over this sin. Yeah, and I think that's a good related principle to that is that this is true of anybody you're bringing correction to, yeah. but especially your wife that you love, is giving her an opportunity to say, to explain. So saying, this is how I read the situation, here's a positive example. And we obviously, most of the time, it's going to be stuff that both of you agree she shouldn't do, right? Yeah. Like you shouldn't argue and be sarcastic with the kids or whatever it is. Can you, this is what I saw. Is that what, is that what was happening? Mm-hmm. Was, was there something I'm missing? Yeah. Like giving her an opportunity to say, look, yes. And a lot of times what that will do is it will invite and make it easier to be humble to say, you know what? You're right. I was being sarcastic. Here's what was going on is that I was really overwhelmed and they'd been naughty for three and a half straight hours. Yeah. And when you got home, it was like at a crescendo. And so, yeah, I should have handled it differently, but I simply didn't know what to do. And then the husband can say, all right, here's what I'm going to do. Or, or man, that that is hard. Yeah, I totally understand. Like, yep, and and let's work on that together. Like, yeah. th- there's just if you whenever you're bringing, we talked in the last episode about, um, well, Lexi, but me and Eric and Ben, we talked about a wise appeal, which is something yeah. Lexi says all the time, where you you always want to bring especially hard things that someone's gonna be hard for them to hear in a wise way. Yeah. And I think obviously when you're correcting anybody, you're concerned and you want their good. Like you should mm-hmm. be in a place where that's what you're seeking. Yeah, that's a but especially with a husband and a wife, because the wife's sin is the husband's responsibility. Yeah. And then if it's a wife, like you guys talked about coming to a husband, her responsibility is also to help him succeed yes. mm-hmm. in a way that's different from every other person that you're walking in fellowship with. Yep. So you really, husbands really should be going into this thinking I'm creating a game plan with her mm-hmm. to get her out of this situation. Yep. Right. Am yeah. I? No, that's okay. That's right. You're, you're, that's <laughs> another principle when you're correcting when you're bringing correction is you need to do a self-assessment. Am I bringing this for her good? Yeah. And it can be for your good too. He who loves his wife loves himself. Mm-hmm. Of course it's for your good as well, but is the, your motivation primarily as the head the well-being and welfare and righteousness and holiness and joy of the people you're leading and not merely she's not performing enough for me in the bedroom or she's not doing this for me or she's mm-hmm. not serving me in this way. You really need to be talking about patterns of sin, 
that need correction. That's what we're talking about here. Not just like here's some tips to manage this process of your day better or the home better. We're talking about actual correction here. I think related to some of what we've talked about in terms of principles as well, that unreasonable man, the way that he will bring an appeal is like, my way or the highway, every statement is absolute, and there's no yielding, there's no humility, there's no gentleness. So when Peter in 1 Peter 3 is talking about treating your wife as the weaker vessel, and don't be harsh with her so that the Lord will hear your prayers, the assumption is that your wife, there is something about her that is weaker, that you need to handle her gently. So the way that a man at work might correct one of his male subordinates is not identical to the way that he will correct his wife. At work, if I have a subordinate, a male subordinate, let's say there's a deacon candidate or something, and and they've really screwed up or they've been doing something wrong, I might be very direct with them and, and somewhat stern with them if it's an appropriate situation. Like, I never want to see that again. That is absolutely unacceptable. And you're on thin ice, <laughs> right? Like being evaluated as a deacon or something. I'm, I'm just making this up. I don't have a deacon candidate right now. I'm subtweeting. I'm not <laughs> going to approach my wife identically. I'm not going to say, babe, this was absolutely unacceptable. And if it, I see it again, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You might, you might say the way that you behaved wasn't acceptable. And you and I think that she, you know that based on this principle we've established, I'm bringing a specific charge with an example. We've talked about it. We understand it. There's nothing I'm missing. It really did happen. It is okay for a husband to say, babe, you, you know, we both know that that's not acceptable. That's not, <laughs> you, you can't do that. You need to apologize to the kids. You need to apologize to whoever it is and ask for forgiveness or, you well, know, whatever it is. Too, you don't do this very often, but there are times when I've, I've thought how helpful it would be to just like say that in the moment, like, no, this isn't acceptable Yeah, no. because it, it's like a toddler mm-hmm. running up against a wall. Mm-hmm. They like the comfort of that boundary. Yeah. Whether or not they actually think they do mm-hmm. in some ways it's like, okay, it's an easy, it's easier to get a quick correction in the moment like that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Then to be like, Hey, weeks of this has gone on and on and on. You need to figure this out. Yeah. And, so. uh, and another principle is as much as possible in private. Yeah, yeah. So if it's like, let's give a real world example. You walk in the door, your wife is in a shouting match with one of the kids and you're, you, you don't know the whole situation. You can't read the situation properly. A husband should immediately step into, all right, I'm the head of this home. I'm responsible for all of these people. And so starting with the obvious one, I'm going to take the child and I'm going to say, go to your room. I'm going to be there to talk to you in two minutes and make sure they get there. And then say, honey, <laughs> let's go talk. What happened? Okay, you hear what happened. And then you say, okay, that happened. That was hard. You were also shouting at the top of your voice at all of the children in, a, in the kitchen. And that's not appropriate. That's not how we correct the children. So what, what do we need to do right now? And often it's, okay, husband, I'm going to go correct this, the child that was in a shouting match. And then in a minute, when everyone's calmed down, the, the wife needs to come and say, sorry, young man or young woman, I shouldn't have shouted at you. Do you forgive me? And hopefully the husband is leading and helping the kid to repent as well. And, and there's restored fellowship. So in that situation, the husband shouldn't immediately start slinging out corrections to his wife. Screaming over everybody. Because <laughs> he's, he's just going to undermine 
the whole thing. He's just going to essentially undercut her authority before the kids. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's situations where you need to deal with things in order, but very rarely are you going to need to bring a correction before your wife in front of other people. Like very, very rarely. I'm sure it can happen. I know I'm trying to, I've lit, I'm literally <laughs> trying to think of times like where it would be appropriate, but I'm. Well, like if a parent, kind of, if a parent walks in and, and someone is, you know, just absolutely lost it and they're just unreasonable and it's not coming out and, you know, they're yelling and screaming and not listening. And sometimes you need to be like, babe, you need to calm down right now. And go, <laughs> that is a correction. Like, okay, I see what you're saying. Correction. I guess I'm thinking more public outside of oh, like, family is more what I'm thinking. But you're, you're, you're talking about in front of kids and stuff. Yeah, even rarer in front of Th- other That's people. what I mean. Even okay. rarer. I mean... I see what you're saying. Like, and those would probably come to issues of things like doctrinal. If a wife oh, is okay. yeah, yeah. speaking that would make sense. and she says something absolutely heretical, <laughs> it would be okay for a husband to say, hang on, that's not actually true, and bring a correction. <laughs> like, and well, why are you teaching doctrine? Why are you talking about the hypostatic? You, you know, <laughs> it's like, there are situations where it can be appropriate. That's true. But... You know what I'm saying, but that, that's yeah. such a that's a very specific. Yes, I've never seen it. Or like your husband also. is about to stab some, your wife is about to stab somebody. Like obviously, you wouldn't say, "Well, I got to wait till it's in private. I'll let her finish the stabbing, and then <laughs> no, you would not do that." Well, you wouldn't stab anybody, but also okay. So I'm thinking, what about a husband that sees a wife that's really embittered towards somebody or gossiping about somebody specific? A husband who sees a wife who's Correct. really embittered and gossiping. Yes. Yeah, he needs to he needs to recognize it as a sin and he needs to bring correction and of course try to understand what's going on if there's hurt that needs to be addressed if there's you know but he does need to correct his wife and say babe you that's what you're doing is called gossip. Yeah. And what you're doing is a is a root of bitterness defiling many. Yeah. And so for your good, you need to correct that. And sometimes it's really hard but sometimes it does require Correction requires a call to painful restitution. So in a situation of gossip, if a husband sees his wife and he knows she's been bitterly gossiping about another woman or someone else, part of her duty is to go correct the wrong that she has done and to go to the people she has gossiped to and say, I should not have said this. Please mm-hmm. forgive me. That was gossip. Yeah. And and sometimes when it's appropriate to tell the person, I gossiped, I was bitter about you. Sometimes because of the relationship, there's just schism and, and you're not able to talk to somebody. That does happen. But, you know. Oh, I see what you mean. A husband. Like there's um, no communication pathway that is yeah. available readily. Yeah. Sometimes that's just the case, you know. Um, you know, and I'm thinking of specific scenarios like with extended family. Yeah where there needed to be a cut cutting off. I um, think sometimes I remember a time specifically where I came to you because I was more concerned. Like, do you think I'm embittered by this? Yeah. And because I didn't know, like, do I need to confront again or do I need to let this go? Like, what are my options? Yeah. And I remember, and I think this could apply to a husband that's trying to think through talking to his wife about gossip you had told me like, no, I think this is a case where you cover the offense in love. So when that comes up in your mind again, that's what you need to tell yourself is you've covered this over in love. Yeah. And it really like, I felt like it immediately put the flame out on every, everything. Yeah. Because you were no longer trying to figure out what you needed to do, which is a lot of the time why you'd be talking to people about it. 
Correct. Yeah, that's and true too. When you're able to close it in your mind and say, yeah. I know what to do with this and my husband has given me instructions here, I'm I'm free. I don't yeah. have to keep thinking about this. Yeah. So it, a husband needs to be able to bring strong leadership that can can help, actually help in those situations. Mm-hmm. But if he's passive and unwilling to correct or bring actual pointed um, advice or in, even instruction, I think people balk at that word, but... I think the instruction is the most helpful part. It's the most helpful (laughs) for a husband is to instruct his wife on what she is to do in certain situations. And that sounds very patriarchal because it is like he's, he, that he's charged with leading and being the head of his home. And what that means is that sometimes you have to instruct the people that you're leading Mm -hmm. on what the game plan is for your home. So, Sometimes that really does mean a husband coming in and maybe there's no sin to correct, but maybe it's just like he he can see his wife really dealing with something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he needs to think it through and say, I'm not giving advice. This is what you need to do. You need to stop worrying about this person. You're not, you're not to talk to them anymore. You're not going to have a friendship with them and you don't need to worry about your duties. You've fulfilled your duties. It's time to move on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes this can happen in, church settings particularly for people in ministry or related. It happens to other types of situations as well, but I think particularly this happens a lot in ministry where, you know, sometimes you just have an issue with a family in the church. Maybe Mm. they leave the church and there's bitterness, but there was relationship and now it's complicated and the wife is just dealing with like, what do I do? Should I keep talking to this person? Do I keep correcting them when I see them, you know, talk bad about my church and husband on Instagram? And it's like sometimes a husband needs to step in and say, that's not your responsibility anymore. They will answer to the Lord. You need to unfollow them on Instagram. You need to stop thinking about them. If they come to mind, pray for them and move on. Like it's very helpful for a husband to do that for a wife in the, in, in complicated and emotional situations. I think it's totally okay too. If a husband is realizing a certain person in the wife's life is either an outlet for discouragement or gossip Mm -hmm. or bitterness to say, you're not allowed to talk to that person about that topic anymore. <laughs> yeah. Not if, not saying like, hey, friendship over, but like, please do not pick that scab with mm-hmm. that person. And if it comes up and they try to bring it up, just say, you know, my husband told me I'm I'm not allowed to talk about this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it might be awkward, but it's true. Like, <laughs> this is what leadership looks but like. But it's a and, protection too on, on you as a wife to not be yeah, sinning. <laughs> absolutely. And it, it gives her, one, one thing it does is it gives the wife freedom because if her yes. husband is wrong, she can actually then say before the Lord, Lord, you told me to submit to this man. He wasn't telling me to sin. I think maybe he's not 100% right on this, but he's told me what to do. You've told me to submit to him and he's responsible for that. Mm-hmm. And it can, yeah. can give you cover where he can then handle the repercussions or the consequences and say, I'm going to, and it's weighty for a husband to think I'm going to answer for the Lord to the Lord for those calls and for my leadership in my home. Yeah. But better to make the call than to force your, you know, subordinates. And I mean, people under your charge to be making the calls that you should be making sometimes. Yeah. I think there's been some issues that you and I, not issues, not bad things. We've been troubleshooting some areas of our family life, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if either of us have 100% known what the solution has been, but I keep thinking in my head, like God hasn't promised to work through X, Y, or Z, but he has promised to work through submission. And so I keep thinking like, okay, Mm -hmm. it's not about me having the right answer or him having the right answer, but I do trust that God works through submission. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes wives need to remember that. Like it's not always about, 
intellect or yeah. the most researched solution, the Lord has promised you to work through your submission to your husband. Let's let's give an example. So Well, okay. So the yeah. first time I heard this was a pastor's wife. Oh gosh, this is so funny to think about now because I'm like, well, you're totally disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pastor's wife of a the lead church um, who had a child who was addicted to drugs and had been addicted for years. Mm -hmm. And I think the wife kept saying like, you need to do more. You need to do more. You need to do more. You're being too passive with her. And the husband had said like, no, I'm going to keep pouring love on. I'm going to, you know, ultimately at that time in her life, I don't know now, ultimately she repented. Mm -hmm. But I remember the wife saying like, she was on a walk with him when that conversation happened. And the Lord and Lord just told her like, I'm not choosing to work through an intellectual solution. I'm choosing to work through your submission in this. And it was shortly thereafter that their daughter did repent. And so that yeah. has always stuck out to me when it comes to lots of different areas. Yeah, you might even take something like a health decision in the home yeah. where the wife has researched and she's really convinced about something, you know, like I'm going to make something up that's outlandish just so <laughs> no, I don't actually step on anybody's toes. Let's say that she researches and she's 100% convinced that eating cantaloupe every day <laughs> is the key to health, <laughs> to total body health. And so she says, look, we're eating cantaloupe. I've done the research. I've read the book by Dr. Cantaloupe. And he says <laughs> that this is the key. That one. And the husband comes in and he says, look, I've looked at it and I, I think it's bunk. We're not doing it. We're not eating cantaloupe every day. I don't think so. Let's say she's still 100, like she listens to his arguments. Yeah, totally. She reads the book and she's like, no, cantaloupe is the key. And he mm -hmm. says, we are not doing that. She needs to trust that the health of her home will more importantly be protected by the Lord through her yes, obedience correct. than through her getting the cantaloupe right. She shouldn't start smuggling cantaloupe into every yeah. meal and you know, manipulating him, giving him the cold shoulder. She should simply say, <laughs> Okay, your call. Thank you. And I know, guys, I've told you your wife is your most important deputy, that the home is her domain, that health is important. You should listen to her. I understand all that. I'm, I chose a ridiculous example. But it really is the case, ladies, mm -hmm. that the more important thing, the thing where you're entrusting your, your health and your family's health to the Lord in saying, I'm going to submit to my husband on this. Now, of course, there could be situations where if your husband demands that every day you cook the children only TV dinners. Like there could be ridiculous, unreasonable yeah. things. And I understand then that like there are situations where, yeah, talk to your pastor, get, get advice. But generally speaking, submit to your husband. Yeah. It will go well with you. The Lord will bless you. He mm -hmm. said he'll work through that channel. So give it a shot. Give yeah. it a shot. Uh, so so last, last thing that I would want to, I think that I think is relevant to this topic is what should a husband do when his wife is uncorrectable, when she will never admit fault, when she will just not listen? Mm -hmm. What do you think? And I have thoughts, but I, I'm curious. I haven't asked you this before. What do you, what do you think? Like how can a, I have two thoughts. Okay. If you have wise elders in your church and they're willing to do some counseling, they will or will not pick up on it. So they will either validate the husband's mm -hmm. concerns or say, you know, maybe you're being a little. You're being a drama queen. She's yeah. not uncorrectable. She's many times. Yeah. You're just. I think it's also okay. 
I don't know. Maybe you should speak to this a little bit more. Yeah. If there is a trusted woman in the church that you feel could also assess the situation, that may be helpful helpful from a Titus 2 perspective. Yeah. I think that is probably a little less common though. Yeah. Maybe. The, the, the two the two directions that I'm that I think of in this situation is that a husband should understand that it is within his duties to bring his wife to the elders if 100%. he believes this. Correct, yes. If he believes that she's beyond correction, he shouldn't fly off the handle. He shouldn't start trying to sin his way out of it. He should continue being patient and long-suffering yeah. and gentle and kind. It might actually be better to recruit the help earlier rather than yeah. later when mm-hmm. more damage is already yeah. done. Yeah, And then he should calmly, with specific examples... Yeah. Privately talk to his pastor and say, This is the situation. Pastor so and so, I think that I'm not being emotional here. I think I'm being reasonable in my assessment. And I really think that my wife is sinning in being uncorrectable. So I want to clarify you mean it's possible that a husband could just go to the elders without the wife in yeah. order to receive the elders? If, he's, if okay. he's, and I'm saying that as a first, like, okay. And then your elders will know you better than a podcast. And so they can say, yes. you know what? I know your wife. I've seen you guys. This is what I think next steps are. Maybe we need to do some counseling. Maybe I'm going to give you some things to try for the next month before that. And then really do them. Like a lot of the time people will get counsel from a pastor and literally just not do it. Yeah, and, and it's like you're, you're wasting your own time and you're, you're wasting your pastor's time. So that's the, the first thing. Also say. too, I, I think of like when I think of counseling people, the ones that it's often recurrent. This isn't the case across the board, but sometimes the ones that it's often recurrent, they refuse to get involved in other ways. Yeah. So they don't realize they, I think a lot of times women can feel isolated. Like my husband's ganging up on me. Mm -hmm. When in reality, it's like, no, no, all of our husbands are doing this. And if you would just get into fellowship with us, you would see this is how marriage works in the Christian church. This isn't your husband being mean to you. And I think it helps normalize some of that sanctification of community. So maybe a husband also needs to make sure, am I doing everything I can to be getting my wife in those means of Mm -hmm. graces in the church? Yeah. Like, am I leading her to good pastures and saying, are we just like in and out on Sunday real quick? Don't know anybody aren't participating. I haven't really given my wife, like I haven't put her in front of situations where she can make godly friendships and see how a wife should treat her husband um, I do think that there is a the older woman is important, like you said. It can be rare, but Titus two really does say. Paul says to Titus, "Tell the older women when you're when you're planting churches, instruct the pastors to develop this kind of pattern in the church where the older women would know that they have a freedom and a duty to teach the younger women to be workers at home, to be lovers of their husband and children, so the word of God won't be reviled." Mm-hmm. And what that means is that older women in the Lord, and sometimes this might be a 32-year-old wise woman, or it might be a Mm 50-year-old. It's talking about mature mature women in the Lord do have permission and ought to, because Galatians 6.1 says they do, to take a sister aside. Ladies, if you see a woman repeatedly rolling her eyes at her husband, <laughs> being interrupting her husband, being rude to her husband, being mean to her be, kids, correcting him continually on details when he tells anecdotes, like all of the different... Revealing uh, her kids' sins when she should be covering all them. All of the time. Like, yeah. Older, godly women need to kindly take those women aside and say, hey, honey, 
Um, in this conversation, and again, same principles, be specific, have something you can hang your hat on, and a biblical principle. You continually interrupted your husband. You know, the Lord commands you to respect your husband. Well, That's really disrespectful. This is, and your husband is going to wither if you continue treating him like that yeah. in public. And a lot of the time, women will, instead of that, what they will do is they will go talk to three of their friends about Susie. <laughs> and how did you see yeah, how she kept true. rolling her eyes? Yeah. Wow, that was really bad. I hope I don't do that. No, you need to privately go. It says, if anyone's caught a trespass, you are spiritual. Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. So do that. When your women's ministry is set up to teach women how to be domestic, how to be lovers of husband and children, this will not be abnormal already. So, yeah. but I, there is a difference when it's like, hey, you're the Bible teacher that teaches me expositional teaching. Who are you to be giving me advice now on how I treat my husband? It's like, no, no, no. That <laughs> yeah. should be yeah. her realm of authority already. Like That's we right. get this women's ministry thing so wrong yeah. that when someone actually tries to act like a Titus II woman, someone's like, well, who are yeah. you? People even, ladies will even be like, oh yeah, t- Titus II is mainly about older women teaching the women systematic theology. You're like, that's just simply not what the passage is about. <laughs> no. The passage is not about establishing a quasi-female elder, a female quasi-eldership that is in charge of the doctrinal instruction of the ladies of the church. The elders are in charge of the doctrinal instruction of yeah. the women of the church and the men. And the older women are given specific instructions, and they are related to the ethical conduct of the younger women as it relates to their home, their their husband, their and their it children. just brings more clout to when the woman is saying what she is saying. Yeah. Um, I can think of like one or two examples where I knew from the get go. I'm like, I know the <laughs> wife is. I know her. She's going to submit to her husband already. Mm-hmm. She wanted a second opinion. I told her to submit to her husband, but it was like the topic was modesty, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. I was simply reinforcing what was coming from the pulpit and what was coming from women's ministry yeah. and what was coming from her husband. So it was not weird for me to say, no, listen to him. Yeah, throw that, <laughs> throw that outfit away <laughs> if your husband says. Yeah, and, and just way too, there are exceptions to submitting to your husband, yeah. but way too often ladies think that everything is an exception or they can reason yeah. their way to thinking maybe this is an exception. It's almost always not. And that's just the simple reality. Unless he is in situations where he's commanding you to sin or it's to the point where you really do need to involve the elders and ask for help. Um, and you should do that if that's the case. But most of the time it's like, you know what? I just think he's wrong about this. I don't think he understands. I don't think he's read as many books as me. I think I'm actually smarter than him. I don't know. Like he just, he's not really wired this way and I am. And so I don't really need to submit to him. It's like, no, 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 You still do. You absolutely still do. God says so. Submission is specifically for moments like yes, that. <laughs> exactly. That's that's when it's important. So summing it up, yes, a husband does have the authority and often the duty to gently, biblically, lovingly correct his wife. He is to do so in a self-controlled way, treating her gently as the weaker vessel. She should be humble, hear him out, with an attitude of readiness to submit to his leadership and, and they need to be ready to involve the elders privately if they need help in navigating mm-hmm. this instead of adjudicating it through gossip and other forms of sin. Any last thoughts on this before we wrap it up? I don't think so. Not today. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. We hope that the Lord has given you a good start to the year of our Lord 2023. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Thanks so many of you for supporting Garlands of Grace, our sponsor for Mm -hmm. this season. 
Um, I know I've seen lots of pictures of Mm -hmm. some pretty beautiful Garlands of Grace head coverings that husbands have bought their wives or daughters um, because of the show. So keep doing that. That helps us continue to make this content here. And another way that you can not only support the show, but also get access to a lot of what we hope is very helpful, um, sometimes granular or very practical resources, is to join our Patreon page and become a patron. Um, we have special a special podcast called In the Kitchen that we produce just for patrons there, as well as uh, some free, like Feed the Patriarchy mug, for example, if you sign up at certain tiers of monthly support there. So thanks to all of our patrons as well. And if you'd like to jump on, there's a link in the description for that. But until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and your households and bear much fruit there through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll see you next time on Bright Hearth. <laughs>